0: Welcome to The Logbook, I'm your host, Lucas Weekly. This episode is supported by you, the listeners, through Patreon. Head over to thelogbookpodcast.com for more information. In this episode, we listen to a story from a world-renowned aerobatics pilot, from when he flew out of his comfort zone and it didn't go as intended.
1: I start to fly uh, quite a lot of show and uh, in Europe and it was uh, from 1992 and eight years it's heavy heavy air show seasons together with competition and one case it was quite uh, quite complicated but again it's just like sort of mistake by pilots, you know, so by pilot, but myself, you know, just like experience. And of course, in such kind of experience it was a sort of weather deal like always. And uh, it was it's supposed to be a show in uh, Ostersund in the northern part of Sweden. And um, just uh, they called me to St. Petersburg somewhere on Tuesday and plane was in Finland and we make some agreement and say all right okay looks like i can make it so and by the time i just like like always late and driving to finland prepare plane finally i took off from huvinka at small town and H- close to Helsinki, going to Nose and i was a little bit late because it was long day definitely because middle of summer but it's already close to sunset and um, uh, i have to land somewhere for customs and uh, before I jump other side of botnin gulf and primary agreement with customs, I call them and they say, okay, no, you, you can fly without landing. I say, all right. But when I start to talk with them, they say, no, 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 you have to land. I say, well, okay, half hour I'm going to lose. So anyway, but weather was perfect. Great visibility, cold area. Just, um, you can see North Pole from Finland. Really, really. I cannot even believe that way. I could have any problems. So very quickly my customs deal and didn't put anything fuel in uh, um, into the plane and met officer girl come to me and say hey is this your forecast for area for Ostersund where you're going to fly and i didn't even read it which is was big mistake at the end of story so and like but because weather was perfect and i have to fly just i don't know like 60 kilometers through the water and another 60 kilometers from coastline to Ostersund. And uh, it was already quite late and sunset and the weather was good it was plane was good everything was good and it was i was not really experienced at that time for cross-country flying so and and it was actually a main reason for problem so anyway so and i passed the water water was good no problem visibility is great but as soon as i come to the sweden i start to see a small small layers of uh mushroom type of clouds coming from the forest it was not much like one or two octane right now and I, I knew that is the biggest dangerous situation when you can have such kind of clouds because it's become to be really bad very quickly so but i continues It's like 70 kilometers to go not much so it's like 40 miles but a lot of at is 40 miles so and um finally i can s- very quickly i start to realize that uh, i flying like 800 meters 2400 feet and uh, all these clouds cover around completely so i flying like big boeing on ten thousand meters so 30, thirty so i try to fly down but i can see that this clouds on the ground and northern uh, northern sweden it's not flat it's like quite a hilly quite a lot of hills, not mountains but hills. So in that case, fly in the clouds inside the hills It's not a good idea. So only option to fly above. So I fly above and very quickly I start to realize that I have layers of clouds on top of me and sunset. And these clouds start to come together. Bottom start to come up, top clouds start to come down and somewhere around 800 meters I found myself duck. Not quite dark, but seriously dark, in clouds, no artificial horizon, just straight VFR plane and not enough fuel to go back to, to Finland. And uh, GPS is working, only one thing, and really dark in cockpit and uh, no light in cockpit. So it was a really, really trappy type of situation, you know, so it's like... I start to talk with uh, Osterson, it's big lake lake there, and one side is uh, air club, another side is military air force base. So I start to talk with military, they say, No, you're okay, we just can see you And radar, you're going to, okay, 66 kilometers to go, you're in good shape. I say, mm, Yeah, I'm not in good shape. And 66 kilometers in clouds, night, it's not really fun. And then, uh, you know, just like only only way to keep playing more or less in level is just like you see clouds around I mean it's just like dark 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 but you can see gray black a little bit so differences like in black color you can see how clouds more or less sitting around so and it was really really hard job to lose concentration about because a little bit look on somewhere else you just cannot see there's a small nuances of colors it was so anyway so it was hard hard job i try able to keep playing in level you know so but i cannot change any altitude because there was sort of layer between but up and down it becomes to be really just in clouds hundred percent. so anyway so and um gps say all right i am arrive but you say well now what I am arrived but 800 meters clouds just under me and uh, military tell me that cloud base is 200 meters. I say, well it's like 800 I have and uh, 600 to go through the clouds with no artificial horizon no idea what to do. And it was first time when I probably thought about that I have no chance it was real corner because it's dark night no artificial horizon no any kind of chance to use any kind of gps approach or uh, you know uh, uh, instrumental type of approaching it's no way because no equipment so finally i just say all right no panic please think careful and um, uh, look on map last time and i see all right big lake what i can do with that so all right big lake is good because it's no tower no hills no telephone poles in middle of lake and i have 200 meters there between cloud base and lake that's probably a good idea only idea so i say all right let's try to use gps and put news plane from coastline direction to middle of lake lake is quite big and hopefully i will be out of the clouds in middle of lake so enough of that i have maximum altitude if not it's like it is what it is and uh, gps in that time was not really super it was single channel but at least i know where uh, i say all right now somehow i have to stabilize plane in descending line so it's just like okay so last time check positioning of the wings reduce power and just jump into the cloud just try not move anything and listening can how wind, wind making noise, and what is the making with speed. And, you know, just start to see this alt- altimeter become to be down. I said, well, okay. An idea was, if, you had, if I can see 200 meters in altimeter, and I'm out of the not out of the clouds, full power, come up, and when I start to see, feel that I'm losing plane, I jump out, so it was planned so and it was quite sweaty because you really don't know where you're descending maybe lake maybe hills maybe lake maybe we'll know so nothing what you can see so and uh it's quite panicking 400 meters still on clouds you know 200 300 still on clouds it's already a hard start to pumping serious adrenaline rush inside and um finally 220 what i remember last time i almost ready to pull it and finally, boom! Out of the clouds, a slight, slight light right bank. I say, "Ooh, life is good." And very quickly, because in night, really, really dark under the clouds, it's really dark. And uh, around, like a lot of small villages, and you can see lights where the lake is. I say, "I was just calculation was good, navigation was good." So finally, I jump out from the clouds and it was right bank. I say, "All right." Mm-mm-mm-mm yes i'm in life that is good now i can see ground so another question is how to find this air club which is not a big deal and just i hope hope they have light on runway because it's like to have big black uh piece of land where it's supposed to be runway it's not fun at all but they have light they can hear suhoi engines they put light on and say oh now it's fancy now i can land it so and uh, actually it was Probably most of critical situation in my life, you know, when I really uh, put myself in really strange and complicated situation. And finally, when I just landed, I open cockpit. People start to come and say, what are you doing? Why are you flying such late, blah, blah, blah. I say, oh, you don't know where I'm flying such late. <laughs> so anyway. So I just say, well, somewhere I missed something.
0: So he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small piece of paper that had the weather report on it that he had ignored before leaving. And when he reads it, it says,
1: Cloud on the hills. It's written there. I so said, what is the hell you did? This girl probably give you most of valuable information in your life, which has caused you probably serious problem, you know. So, but you just missed it. You just like didn't take it so it was uh, it was like and the recovery from the situation was also quite interesting because i cannot sleep because so much adrenaline inside so finally in two o'clock i just jump and running shoes and running like 15 kilometers you know something just try to you know flesh out all this adrenaline out from the bloodstream so it's like uh, it's heroic of course not it's stupid yes of course it's stupid you know so but luck, experience absolutely lack of experience all this combination come to uh together and finally its situation got me good things i give you myself a little bit credit that even such kind of situation it was no panics it was less like okay let's see what we can do so that is that is probably most of uh situation which can call it like crazy but i believe every pilot you know coming through these things um and after that make some sort of adjustment and preparation to the flight and after that i just came to situation that you know flying in clouds in suhoi it's not fun and uh, i just try to escape from any kind of if flying at all so in that case coming to united states and sometimes i have to be in uh, air show in other part of country so and <clears throat> country is big huge three days job normally to be in sacramento for example from florida so in three days you always can find some job some weather so in that case uh, if i have to perform such kind of tasks so basically i just i found that it's much smarter if i start to look on weather system like two weeks before show and uh, as soon as i can see a line of h uh, high pressure systems come from the canada i say all right that is time to go so i can i just delete all my job all my project on plane and three days I'm there and buying two-way tickets from Sacramento to Orlando and back so now in white man because plane is there commercial can fly any weather so in that case it's no problem and enjoyable so instead to to fly in clouds sweating and uh, tired and you never know where you're going to land so it's, it's basically based on this situation in Sweden right now I change and actually in our show deal you know so most of dangerous uh part of air show as a project is way to the show because normally you're always late for some reason in business at home and uh, some sort of emergency cases which always happen before you should go and you're always late and as soon as you're late but show must go on so you cannot be not arrived because whatever reason you have to be there so it's such kind of question problem finally put you in corner when you have to fly in any weather so that is that most of dangers after show it's not big deal you have plenty time you can fly you cannot fly nobody care flying your show it's it's sort of celebration just what 10 minutes flying two days big deal nothing so but most of careful and most of the series approach the way to show, to do to the show. And plus, we're flying a uh, plane which is not heavy equipped for any kind of IFR conditions, but um, at least right now, we have quite sophisticated GPS on board, so in that case, at least we perfectly know where we are, what we're doing, you know. But way back in the middle of the 90s, it was a completely different story.
0: Nikolai Timaviv is one of the world's top aerobatic pilots. In 1992, he won first place in the World Unlimited Aerobatics Championships in France, and he holds many other titles from competitions all around the world. He has also done many airshow demonstrations all around the world, including several at Oshkosh. Today, he teaches experienced pilots to fly aerobatics and to sharpen their skills in his many training camps. And he is also the competition coach for the USA Unlimited Aerobatics team that will be representing the U.S. in the World Championships held in France in August 2015. More information and pictures related to the story can be found in the article at thelogbookpodcast.com. This episode was supported directly by your donations. If you enjoy the show, you can support its production by becoming a patron. Through Patreon, you set a donation level that is given every time a new episode is released, and you can always set a monthly limit so you don't go over your budget. Depending on the amount donated, you are granted access to different rewards that are as simple as hearing a sneak preview to the next episode, all the way up to exclusive content that didn't make it into the show. Any amount is helpful, and the more that's donated, the more the show can improve. Head over to our website, thelogbookpodcast.com, and click on the Patreon banner at the side of the page to start supporting. If you have a story about anything in aviation, we would love to hear it, and it may even become an episode of The Logbook. You can send us an email by using the contact page on our website. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you come back for the next entry in the logbook.